Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah, Miss, uh, Miss Shirley didn't know this, but the title of my message this morning is actually Leave It. Talking about some things we need to leave back in 2022 and not bring with us into 2023. So that's pretty cool there. So, you know, as, as we start out in 2023 here, there's a lot that we have to be excited about. Um, and there's so much that God wants to do in and through us as a people, as a church, as a nation. And I'm believing, you know, next week, they talked about this last week, but next week we're starting our 21 days of prayer that we do every year. Um, I just encourage you to set that aside as a time where you're going to get some vision from God for the next year. If you don't have it already, I believe by the end of that, you're going to have a clear vision for what your purpose is, what God's called you to do. And man, you're going to have something to be excited about there. So um, as a lot of you guys know, um, I love to go hiking. I do it all the time. I did three good hikes this week, which was great. Um, but about a month or two ago, um, I went and did the Cascades. I also did that this week too, but I did it a month or two, a month or two ago. And uh, which is a beautiful, huge waterfall out in Pembroke. If you've never been there, I recommend you go do it. It's really cool. Um, but this particular trip a month or two ago, um, I had heard that if you kept on walking past the waterfall, go about two more miles, um, there's a place called Barney's Wall, which is basically a really high overlook. You're up on a high rock ledge. You can look over and just see for a long ways. And I decided this particular day, I wanted to do not just the Cascades, but I wanted to keep going to this place called Barney's Wall too. So I did it. And I got out there, and it was spectacular. You're up there on this big rock ledge out there totally by myself. It just felt like I could see forever out there. It was so beautiful out there. Um, and as I was walking back, you know, it was about a four-and-a-half-mile walk back to my car at that point. I was walking back and just thinking about the fact that so many people who hike the Cascades get to the waterfall, and then they stop. They stop. They see how beautiful it is. They have this cool experience. But they stop there, and then they turn around and go back. And as I was thinking about that, God kind of spoke to me and he said, that's how it is in life a lot of times. People have these cool experiences with God and they stop right there. And he said, if you'll keep on going down the path, I got something exciting for you. If you'll just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, I got some awesome things ahead of you. Don't stop. Don't, don't stop on what you saw yesterday. Keep on going to what I have for you tomorrow because he has, he has awesome things for us every single day. Uh, we have to get to a place where you know, we have to keep, keep going down this path, keep pursuing his heart, and he's gonna show us some things that are just incredible that are even better than that waterfall was. So that's what I wanna encourage you guys with this morning is we have a lot to be excited about this year. There's a lot to be excited about in 2023. Don't stop at what you experienced yesterday. Keep pressing into what God has you next. Because if you're in this building right now and you're alive and breathing, which I think most of us are here, you know, some of the eyes I can see, some people had some late night last night, but anyways, it's worth the time and effort to keep on going, to keep on pressing in. And as we're walking along that path that God has for us, part of what we need to do is leave some things back in the past. And Ms. Shirley talked about this morning already. There's some things we need to leave back there. Um, there's some battles and struggles that we faced before that we need, to, um, we need to basically leave those things back in the back there, not keep carrying them with us from, from year to year to year where they just continuously weighs us down. You know, we'll never accomplish our outward purpose, what God's called us to do, unless we win that inward battle that happens in here. We have to win that battle first. Um, there's internal struggles that happens. There's, there's good versus evil. There's right versus wrong. There's, um, it's amazing how much our emotions can impact us and keep us from stepping out and being everything that God called us to be. So if we're wanting this year to be different, if we're wanting 2023 to be different, and I think a lot of us can agree, we want 2023 to be better than last year was. If you want it to be worse, I don't know, that's a whole different issue right there. But if we're wanting, if we're wanting to see ourselves in 2023 be different than we were in 2022, we're gonna have to leave some things behind. If we're gonna wanna, if we wanna do some things in 2023 that we weren't able to step out and do in 2022, we're gonna have to leave some things behind. Uh, we have to silence the negative voices of our past that try to weigh us down and hold us back. 
How, let me ask you a question here. How many of you guys have ever made a mistake before? Okay. Safe. So we got half that have made a mistake and then half that are liars. Man, good, my good. Anyways, at some point, we've all made a mistake. We've all made a mistake at some point in our lives. How many of you guys have ever tried something and failed at it? See if we got, okay, we have a few more honest people on that one. Yeah, most of us have all tried something and failed. I've been there too. I've been there, done that, and got way more shirts than I, than I want for that kind of stuff. But those mistakes and those failures don't define who we are. You know, just because you, just because you fail at something doesn't mean you're a failure. We need to know that those are two separate things. Just because you fail, failing is part of life, but that doesn't mean that you're a failure. We need to remind ourselves what God has to say about us, because that's more true than any failure that we ever make. And we could all get real discouraged if we try, decided to sit around and list all the mistakes we've made in our life, all the dumb decisions that we've made in our life. We could get a, in a really big depression focused on those things. Um, as a teacher, you know, I, I teach when I'm not here. I'm a middle school teacher, so people need to pray for me on a daily basis. Anyways, some of y'all in here know that too. But, you know, as a teacher, I'm constantly evaluating how I do things. You know, sometimes when you prepare a lesson and you teach a particular lesson, you get about halfway through it and you realize this is not going well right now. You know, you can just tell by the kids' interaction. You can tell by how you're, you're like, I need to change something up here. And just because I have a lesson that's a failure like that doesn't mean I'll walk down to the office and say, well, I did a bad lesson. I'm quitting. I'm not, I'm not cut out to do this. No, you don't do that. You adjust it. You make changes and determine that next time this thing's going to be better. When we mess up and don't do life well, um, and it's, it's our choice whether we're going to define the rest of our life by that mistake or if we're going to pick ourselves up and say, well, I hate that that happened, but I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better next time. God's got big things ahead of me. I'm not going to go back to that. Um, so with that in mind, one of our central characters that we're going to look at today um, is actually King Saul. I haven't looked at King Saul in a long time, but his story just really fit into well with what I want to talk about today. Um, to kind of set the backstory here, the prophet Samuel anoints King Saul. At that time, he was just Saul, but he anoints him as the next king of Israel. Um, the Israelites have been seeking out a king. They wanted a king. Everybody around them had a king. So they're like, we want a king too. And God's like, okay, I'll give you King Saul. And basically, Samuel gives Saul all kinds of words from God, basically confirming, hey, this is who God's called you to be. You're the king. You're a leader. This is, this is your time to step up and take this position. So we get to the point where they're getting ready to celebrate. Um, basically, all the tribes are coming together. The 12 tribes are coming together to celebrate King Saul being officially king, made the king, king the king, whatever you want to call it there. When it's time for the big announcement, for the big moment, Saul has gone missing. He's not there. And in 1 Samuel 10 and verse 22, we see where he's at. So it says, so they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he is hiding among the baggage. I love how the New Living says that. He's hiding among the baggage. So this is the ceremony where people are celebrating Saul stepping in his position as the king. And instead of being excited about what God has called him to do, in this season, Saul is hiding in the baggage. You know, and how many of us are hiding in the baggage of our lives, of our past, of the things we've been through, and we're allowing that baggage to keep us from stepping into who God called us to be? A lot of people are in that position. The stuff from our past is continuously holding us down. It's time to leave the baggage in the past and stop carrying that mess around with us. It's time to change that today. Just like the word Miss Shirley got today, we're not gonna be held down and held back for a moment longer. We're gonna step into 2023 baggage free. How does that sound? Verse 23, it says, so they found him and brought him out and he stood head and shoulders above anyone else. You know, there's something I've discovered through the years. It says here that Saul stood out head and shoulders above the else. Physically, he stood out. You know, he looked like a king. He looked like a leader, and yet he didn't see himself that way. Uh, but something I've discovered through the years is that a lot of times people in an area that they're strong in is the area that the enemy attacks them the most in. 
You know, if you look at, if you look at the pretty people who, you know, do commercials and their advertisements or, or run, walk runways and models and that kind of thing, if you look at statistics, they're some of the people who struggle the most with things like eating disorders and negative self-image and that kind of thing. They struggle with that stuff in an area that they're strong in. And it's the same way for us a lot of times. If you look at areas that we're strong in, areas that God's called us to do big things, that's how the enemy attacks us. And this is how he's attacking Saul. Saul is not only called by God, we already know Samuel anointed him. God told Samuel to anoint him. But he's bigger than everybody else. He looks like a king. He looks like this leader. He looked like a king, but on the inside, he didn't see himself that way. He didn't see himself as a king. He was insecure about who he was. Verse 24 says, Then Samuel said to all the people, This is the man the Lord has chosen as your king. No one in all Israel is like him. And all the people shouted, Long live the king. So why was Saul hiding? You know, here he is, Samuel's confirmed that the people are excited about it. Why is Saul hiding? He was listening to the wrong voices. He was listening to the voices that said, I know what God says about you, but you're not good enough. He's listening to the voices that say, I know what the prophet prophesied, but man, you're gonna fail as a king. There's no way you can do that. You're just, I know your background. You know, there's no way you can accomplish that. And he was never able to overcome his baggage. Saul never could get past that. Um, if you continue to look at his life, we're gonna see that time and time again, his past affects him in a way that keeps him from stepping fully into who God called him to be. God saw something in Saul that Saul never could see in himself. God saw a king, God saw a leader, but Saul couldn't see it in himself. He couldn't see himself that way. We're not gonna be that way though. So today we're gonna talk about four things specifically that we need to leave in the past so we can fully be who God called us to be in 2023. Because that's, that's what I want for you guys. That's God's heart for you guys. So number one, we have to leave inferiority in the past. Inferiority is when we feel less than. Uh, we don't feel that we're good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, you name it. We don't feel like we got it. Um, inferior means that we feel like we're lower than somebody else's, lower than another person in their rank, status, ability. We just feel like we're less than. You know, years and years ago when, uh, when God first started talking about ministry, um, that was at a point, actually, it's funny, me and Carmelo were talking about this. That was at a point where I was terrified of talking in front of people. And uh, when he started talking about ministry, it was, it was I, I compared myself to everybody. I was like, well, they're a better storyteller than I am. They're, they're, they seem to flow with the spirit better. They just, they're, they're more exciting than I am. You know, I, I would compare myself to all these other people, and that would keep me from stepping out and doing what I know God had called me to do. And when you, that's what, exactly what feeling inferior does, is it keeps you from stepping out. It keeps you from walking out that plan and that path that God has for you. That's why we need to get rid of it. Uh, the feeling of inferiority will constantly hold you down and weigh you down and keep you from being who God called you to be. In uh, 1 Samuel 9.20, we see God talking to Saul through Samuel again, and he says, and I'm here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Israel hopes. This is God talking again. Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Isn't that amazing? The Spirit of God speaking through Samuel tells him, hey, you're gifted, you're called, I've created you to do this. And all Saul can say, but my family is a bunch of nobodies. I'm a, I'm a nobody. My, my, my tribe is the least of all the tribes. He's trying to tell God all the reasons that he, could, he doesn't fit this mold that God says that he is. And he's saying we're like the bottom of the barrel. No one, no one would ever pick a king from, up from our family just because of who we are. See, we tend to focus so much on our inabilities, but God focuses on our abilities. He focuses on the gifts and the talents that he's put on the inside of us. So what, what's in your destiny 
that you're hiding in the baggage right now? I'm asking that to you guys right now. What's in your destiny that you're hiding from in the baggage right now? It's time to get away from the baggage. It's time to step out into what God's called you to do. What's God called you to do that you've been feeling too inferior, inferior to step out and do? It's time to put that behind you. We're not doing that in 2023. It's time to get up and see yourself the way that God sees you and step into the purpose that he has for you because he has exciting things for you. God gave you, God gave you his approval before you were even born. How amazing is that? Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. He's talking to Jeremiah here. This is God talking. And he says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my, and then to Jeremiah, he said, my prophet to the nations. But what God, what's God saying to you? What has he appointed you to do before you were born? Uh, what has God said before you were born? I've called you and I've put this gifting and these talents on the inside of you to do this thing. What's God talked to you about? Go do that thing. The beautiful thing about how God made us is that it's different for every one of us. I love that we're all incredibly different. That's one of the reasons I love, I love doing middle school so much is middle school kids are so unique and weird. Every one of them is weird. They haven't figured out how to hide that yet, which I love because I get to sit back in the class some days and just enjoy um, the show that is work with middle schoolers. And Jay is looking at me right now because I see her in school every day. But you don't have to audition and you don't have to audition and try out because God already chose you to do whatever it is he's called you to do. He gifted you to do it. He knows what he put in you. You have made the cut in God's eyes. I can remember when I was a kid playing sports, you know, we always had that tryout phase and there was that nervousness for a while, like, oh man, am I gonna make the team? With God, you don't have to worry about that because he's already chosen you for this position. He's already picked you for it. There is no tryout period. We're a child of the most high God and you've been chosen by him. First Peter 2, 9 and 10, and this is in the message, says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. So you've been chosen to do priestly work. You've been chosen to speak out for him. You've been chosen to tell others what God's done for you and for them too. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know what my past looks like. You don't know what people know about me. God took you from nothing to something. It says there he took you from rejected to accepted. You've been fully accepted by God. I don't care what your past looks like. God's accepted you knowing everything in your past. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And you've been adopted into God's family. And it wasn't like someone had to twist his arm to make him adopt you. It says here it gave him great pleasure to do it. He wanted, you, he, wanted you to have, he wanted you and his family so badly, it says here it actually gave him great pleasure to have you included in his family. You know, when you have kids naturally, um, you're kind of stuck with what you got. You know, if you, if you have a weird kid or an ugly baby, it's your fault because you're the one who had them. You know, you're kind of, whatever God gives you in that moment, that's what you're stuck with. But now when you adopt a kid, man, you're actually, you actually take time to get to know them. Um, you actually know their history, you know their family history, you know all these things about them. And even knowing all of that, you still make the choice, I'm gonna adopt them anyways. And that's how God is with us. He knows everything about us. He knows our past. He knows the thoughts that we don't tell anyone about. And he's like, I want them in my family. It'd bring me great pleasure to have them in my family right now. That's how God sees us. God knows your story. He knew your past. And he made the decision to adopt you into his family anyways. How awesome is that? That's something he's done for every one of us. God sees you, he values you, and he loves you at the same level he does Jesus, just like he's our older brother. He loves you just like he loves him. He views you as his child just as much as he views Jesus as his child. How incredible is that? There is no preferential treatment there. So we need to leave inferiority back in the past. Number two, we need to leave insecurity in the past. So what is insecurity? 
Um, it's uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. Um, it's a lack of confidence. That's what insecurity is. It's thinking that we're not enough, um, even with God on our side. Like, even with God on my side, there's no way I could do that. Um, there's no way I could do what he's called me to do. That's just bigger than I am. Uh, King Saul struggled a lot with insecurity. Um, after some battles had happened, we get some insight into his insecurity when you see the, Isra the Israeli people singing this song in uh, 1 Samuel 18 and verse 7. It says, this was their song. Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. This made Saul very angry. What's this, he said? They credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Next, they'll be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. So King Saul's insecurity ultimately led him to pursue killing David on multiple occasions. Saul felt insecure when he started to compare himself to David. Comparison's an ugly game. We don't want to do that. Um, let's remember just a moment, God had already told Saul, there's nobody like you in all of Israel. He had already told him that. God had already told him, hey, you stand out from the rest. You're like a head and shoulders above everybody. God had already told him that. Um, God had already told him all the hope of Israel is in you and your family. God had already told Saul this, but Saul became, became so consumed with comparing himself to David that he never, could, he never could focus on what God said about him. He was so focused on what other people were saying around him too. And that's a, that's a big trap to fall into. It kind of sounds like what happens on social media a lot of times. You know, a lot of times, you know, we just came out of Christmas and maybe you're thinking, yeah, I had a pretty good Christmas. I had a good Christmas this year. But then you get on social media and you start seeing everyone else's Christmas. And you start seeing everybody dressed in their perfect matching clothes and their hair's all done and got the bows in their hair. And you're sitting here thinking, I was lucky to get my kids in clothes that day, much less, you know, have everyone dressed the same and looking all pretty. And, but we don't, see, we don't see the mess behind it. We just see these perfect pictures and we start comparing, well, maybe, maybe my Christmas wasn't so good after all. You know, even, even with my Christmas, my sister's not here, so I can tell this story. Um, but I, I spent my Christmas with my nieces this year, and it was just so much fun spending Christmas with a one-year-old and an almost three-year-old. And, uh, you know, the pictures you see on social media were all of smiling and happy and good times. Um, but there were moments where it was not smiling and happy and good times. There's my, uh, my oldest niece is in the process of potty training right now. And um, she wants to use the potty only when she wants to use the potty. She never wants to be told to use the potty. She wants to do that on her own there. And there was one point where it was, pretty, it was getting to be pretty evident that she needed to use the potty. And uh, my sister was trying to talk her into it, and she eventually came and went and hid behind me. I was on the couch, and she was hiding behind me there trying to avoid having to go use the potty. And being the good uncle that I am, I reached around, scooped her up, and carried her into the bathroom and said, okay, you're going to the potty. And um, as, as she was sitting on the toilet actually using the bathroom, she was screaming, I don't want to pee, as she was peeing. So, you know, moments like that, you don't typically take pictures of and share that as your happy Christmas memories, even though that, that kind of stuff's reality. I thought it was hilarious, but people don't typically post that kind of stuff. You know, who cares what your Christmas looked like? If you had a great Christmas, you had a great Christmas. Don't let that comparison game rob you of that because, you know, we, we hide those parts usually, but I think that stuff's funny, so. But so many people struggle with insecurity um, because we compare our success um, with our perception of other people's success. We, we compare ourselves to how we think other people are succeeding. Um, insecurity makes us wonder about our self-image and our abilities and our future and our past. It makes us evaluate all these things. It even makes us evaluate our relationships and our walk with God. It contains all of that. Um, it's a really ugly path to walk down. I don't recommend walking down the path of insecurity. But the truth is, 
is that we need to have confidence in what we can do through Jesus who strengthens us. It's not about who we are. It's not about our past. It's about what God can do through us. We don't need to live comparing ourselves to others. We need to live knowing what God says about us and who we are and what he can do through us. That's how we need to live. So what does this word say about that? Um, Let's remind ourselves of a few examples that we know really well. Uh, The first one's Philippians 4 and verse 13. It says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Let me, let me ask you a question. Does he say, I can do some things? Does he say that maybe you can or maybe you can't? No. He says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You can do everything through Jesus who strengthens you from the inside out. Everything he's called you to do, everything he's called you to accomplish, everything that he predestined you to do um, before you were even born, you can do everything because you got Jesus on the inside of you strengthening you out. Um, Philippians 1.6, another one. It says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Not happy with where you are right now? Just don't quit. Keep on going. He's gonna continue to perfect that good work on the inside of you. If you won't quit, if you'll keep going, if you'll keep pursuing God for the rest of your life, if you'll keep following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and he'll continually mold you and shape you into who you need to be to accomplish everything he's called you to do. That's exciting he does that. He never gives up on us, so please don't give up on yourself. You know, you always got God in your corner rooting you along. He wants you to succeed at what he's called you to do. Uh, Hebrews 13, 6, another great one. It says, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? So the mindset, that kicks insecurity to the curb right there. When you recognize, hey, no matter what, I got God on my side. I don't, I don't have to compare to myself with other people. I don't have to compare with myself with situations from my past and how this happened way back here. I can basically say, hey, I got God on my side. I'm gonna be successful in whatever he leads me to do because I'm pursuing him, I'm following him. Here, here's, here's the challenge. You know, this is New Year's. We talk about goals and challenges and all that stuff that no one does past January. Um, but if you knew... If you knew that there was zero chance of failure, if you knew like, you, there was absolutely no chance of failure, what would you go and attempt to do today that you've been, you've been afraid to step out and do? Think about that for a second. If, if there was absolutely zero chance of failure, as far as your purpose in life, what would you step out and do that you've been afraid to do up to this point? Do it in 2023. Don't let that fear hold you back anymore. What would you do that you've been insecure about doing up to this point? Is it starting a new business? Is it pursuing that godly relationship? Um, is it stepping out and leading that life group that God put on your heart like two years ago and you've been afraid to step out and do it? What is it that God's been talking you to do? It's time to put aside those thoughts of, well, you're not old enough or you're too old or you're not smart enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not good looking enough or, or you're single or you're divorced. Put aside those thoughts that have been weighing you down for so long. It's time to get rid of those things and step into 2023 with a clean, a clean slate behind you and say, okay, God, what are we doing this year? What have you called me to do? Get rid of those things that are designed to make you feel insecure. That's not from God. What is God stirring up on the inside of you for 2023? What's he talking to you about? It's time to pursue that and I not let any insecurity keep you from it anymore. If that insecurity's been holding you back, it's time to get rid of that. Put it behind you for good now. So we w- wanna get rid of insecurity. We wanna get rid of inferiority. Uh, we also wanna leave inadequacy in the past. So inadequacy is when we feel like we don't have what it takes to accomplish our purpose. We feel like we're not enough. We feel like we don't have enough. We feel like we don't measure up. Um, the not enoughs will keep us from fulfilling what God's called us to do. Um, just like so many other people, and just like Saul, Gideon uh, is another example from the Bible who wrestled with that. Um, he, along with the rest of his people, were pretty much hiding from the Midianites. 
um, because they were coming in and taking their harvest and it was just a, they were occupied. They were an occupying force. Um, but then one day an angel shows up and tells Gideon, hey, I've called you to basically set the people free. An angel from God. This isn't just like, this isn't just like God talking to them. This isn't like this still small voice down in the spirit. An actual angel from God shows up and gives them this message from God. And in Judges 6, we actually see Gideon's response to the angel saying, hey, this is what God says about you. It says, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I'm the least in my entire family. Does that sound familiar? Who else said that? Yeah, that was exactly primitive. It's exactly what Saul said too. There's a pattern here. These things try to, these thoughts come up for all of us trying to keep us from stepping into who God called us to be. It's time to put that stuff behind us. So many people, we look at our past and we feel inadequate because of our education. We look inadequate because of our life experiences. We feel inadequate because um, of all kinds of reasons from our past. But we have to recognize that it's God who lives on the inside of us. And we're not inadequate because of that mess. We can do anything he's called us to do because he's on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That's the reality. God's spirit, his wisdom, his knowledge, his power dwells on the inside of you. And it's there for you to tap into and pull from any minute of any day. Um, Hebrews 13, verse 20. It says, now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his bond. And this is verse 21. This is what I want to focus on here. It says, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. So whatever we're facing today, whatever challenges come up, God has equipped you to handle it. He's equipped you to do it. He's equipped you to do great things. So when you go to that, that rock and that hard place that we've all been to before and we're trying to figure out, what do I do now? Take a moment and say, okay, God, I know I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. God, I, I recognize that I don't see my way through this right now, but I know that you're with me. And I know that you've got a plan and a purpose. I know that you've got a, a way to help me through this. And on top of that, I know that you've equipped me to handle everything that, everything that comes up in life. It's taking a moment, instead of getting overwhelmed, to step back and remind yourself who God is, who, are, who you are, and what he's done for you, and how you're more than able to handle anything life throws at you because you have him on, him on your side like that. Uh, we need to trust that we have the greater one on the inside of us. Just, just imagine how different life would be if we continuously tap into that equipping that, that he has for us. You know, he's equipped us to handle every area of our life, our relationships, our job, everything. Just imagine if we relied on him instead of getting overwhelmed and say, God, I don't know what to do. Take a moment and say, God, you do know what to do, so I'm trusting you through this. It's a whole different perspective right there. So our last one, we need to leave intimidation in the past. Um, intimidation is simply, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be able to pull this off. Uh, going back to King Saul, man, he struggled a lot with intimidation. God had spoken, and it, it comes time for him to settle with the king of Amalek. And God basically gave him exact instructions saying, hey, you're supposed to wipe out everything in this country. God told Saul, wipe them all out. All the people, the livestock, everything, I want it all gone. He said they all need to be gone there. They were given very specific orders to do that. Um, but King Saul disobeys God. He actually disobeys what God tells him to do. First of all, he keeps the king alive. God said, wipe them all out. He kept the king alive. And on top of that, he went through all the livestock and kept the good ones. All the ones that were rough looking and ugly and had three legs, he killed all those. But all the ones that had value to him, he's like, I'm just gonna keep all those. So he directly disobeys what God calls him to do. And then we see his response in 1 Samuel 15, verse 11. He says, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me. 
and has refused to obey my, my command. So you could almost hear God's hurt through that. He invested so much in Saul, spoke so much into Saul, prepared him, gave him so many chances, and yet Saul just refused to step into who God had called him to be. He just refused to do it. Um, a little further down in verse 17, we see Samuel actually go and talk to Saul about all this. So in 1 Samuel 15, verse 17, and it says, and Samuel told him, although you may think little of yourself, notice here, even Samuel recognized Saul thought little of himself. Saul thought little of himself. That's hard to say. So he thought very little of himself. He had a low self-image. He had insecurity. He had inferiority. He had all this stuff. So are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. He says, even though you're over here thinking so little of yourself, I've anointed you to be king. God has anointed you to be king. You don't see it, but this is who you are. He's still trying to remind him, this is who you are. This is how you keep seeing yourself, though. Verse 18, it says, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Malachites, until they're all dead. Verse 19, why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? What was Saul's reasoning for doing this? Why did he choose to go against what God told him to do? Saul actually tells us himself. If we jump a little further down into verse 24, it says, then Saul admitted to Samuel, yes, I've sinned. I've disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's commands. Notice this, for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. So even though he was the king, even though he was this guy who was anointed by God to be a leader of this nation, he was afraid of the people. And his fear of the people kept him, made him do the opposite of what God was telling him to do. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, don't ever let fear of people keep you from doing what God's called you to do. Saul cared more about what people thought than what God was telling him. That's a dangerous place to be. You know, when we allow the influence of other people to push us in a direction that goes against God's best, it's because of intimidation. We're intimidated. Maybe you're thinking, but I, just, I just want everyone to be happy. I just want everybody to be happy. That's why I made that choice. It's not reality. There is, there is no way one person could possibly make everybody happy. It just doesn't work out that way. You know, we saw, we saw a lot of that when COVID first started. Um, we saw a lot of people doing things that they weren't necessarily comfortable doing, but it, they did it because they were intimidated about what other people might say. And it's, we see that in a lot of areas of life. We're scared to step out and do what God's called us to do because we're afraid, well, what's my family gonna think? What are my friends gonna think? What are they gonna think? You know, we, all these thoughts come in our head and they, they hold us back, they keep us from stepping out. When you're pursuing God's best for your life, um, there's no way you're ever gonna make everybody happy. That's just reality. Just go in and if that's a burden to, if you feel like I need to make everyone happy, just go and strip that off of you. That's not something you were designed to carry. It's, it's not possible to do that. Um, but be who God created you to be do what God created you to do, pursue him and pursue his purpose and love people along the way. And if people still aren't happy, happy with you at that point, that's not on you. That's not, that's not something you need to carry with you. Trying to make everybody happy isn't worth missing out on what God has for you. It's just not worth it. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 in verse seven, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear. So you're not, you're not designed or called to have fear in any area of your life. God doesn't have that for you. He said, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And I love how the Amplified said this. It says, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. So intimidation happens when we're dependent on ourselves and what we can do, what I can do totally, totally without God. That's when intimidation happens. Boldness comes from a complete dependence on God. When we know that I can't do any of this on my own, but with God I can do all things, that's when a boldness comes. Fear is surrendering God's plan 
for the inferior plan that the enemy has for you. This life where you're inferior and, and beat down and just not accomplishing anything, that's, that's what happens when we, when we follow the enemy's plan. But confidence with God, man, that's, that's, the, that's the antidote to intimidation. When you know who you are, when you know what, who God is and what he's called you to do, that's the antidote to any intimidation that comes up. Knowing who you are in Jesus, knowing who God is, knowing what he's called you to do. We need to know those things. Having that boldness that comes from a close and personal, intimate relationship with him. You know, the more you know God, the more you spend time with God, there's a boldness that comes from that. You know, if you're, if you're in a place right now where you're not really spending time with God like you need to, um, 21 days of prayer starts next week. I've already said it once today. Uh, that's, something, that's a great time to do a reset in your life right there. If you're in a place where I'm not spending the time with the God I need to, go and plan now. Make a plan now. If you can't do it this week, make a plan. Okay, starting next week, I'm going to set aside this time every single day to spend time with God. And as you'll do that, you're going you're gonna to find yourself caring a lot less what everyone else has to say and start caring a whole lot more about, okay, what's God leading me to do here? Because he'll give you, man, he gives you wisdom in every area of life there. So, so what's, what's, what's your battle? You know, what kept you from experiencing God's best in 2022? What kept you from getting there? Um, was it inferiority? Was it insecurity? Um, was it inadequacy? Was it intimidation? What was it that kept you from stepping out? Was it something else we didn't even talk about today? Um, today is the day um, that you leave those things in the past. Today is the day that you don't bring those things with you in the 2023 anymore. Today is the day to make the decision, I'm not gonna allow that baggage to keep holding me back and holding me down and keeping me from stepping out and being who God's called me to be. Today is the day that changes. I encourage you, today is January 1st. How cool is it that we actually get to be at church on January 1st, 2023? I know it's just the day on a calendar, but for so many people, this is a day of commitment, a day of resetting, a day of new beginnings. How cool is it that we get to do this together right now? Um, so not, so we, we don't step out, we don't do these things in our own abilities, but we recognize that it's God who created me and called me and anointed me to do great things. And today's the day I'm gonna make a commitment where I'm gonna step out and be everything that God called me to be. I'm not gonna go back to who I was last year. I'm gonna be who God called me to be in 2023. That actually kind of rhymes, doesn't it? That wasn't planned. So let me pray for you guys here in just a second. And then we've got something else to do too. So Father, I just thank you so much for every single person in this room that you've called us to do great things in 2023. I think you've called us to draw closer to you. You've called us to be anointed, to do um, world-changing kind of things in people's lives around us, Father. So Lord, I just pray for each one of us here um, that you'd help us to recognize those things in our life that don't need to be there anymore. Help us to recognize those things we need to leave in the past. And I thank you that today we make a commitment that we're stepping forward completely free of those things that have held us back, Father. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. With everybody's eyes closed right now, um, heads bowed, eyes closed. And this is just a moment I want you to kind of look at your heart and uh, not be distracted by people around you. Um, but this awesome life that we're talking about where God has this incredible plan and future for us, it all starts with, with making that decision that God, I wanna accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. You know, if you don't know it, most of us here are church people, so we know this, but if you don't know it, uh, God sent Jesus to come and die and pay the price for our sin so that we could have everlasting life, so that, so that we could have a relationship with God and know that we're going to heaven one day. If you don't have that assurance, if you've never made that decision where Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, I wanna give my life to you and then live my life for you. If you've never done that before, but you'd like to do that, if you'd raise your hand right now, I'd love to pray with you before we go today. And you can leave here with that assurance that you are a believer and that God has something awesome ahead for you. Okay, I see, I see, I see a hand. Anybody else? The Bible says that all the heaven rejoices anytime someone makes that decision to come to him. Okay, keep your heads bowed and eyes closed a moment longer. Maybe you're already a believer.
Um, but through the message today or just in general, you recognize there's some areas of your life that you haven't been pursuing God like you should. Um, maybe, maybe there's some sin there that you know shouldn't be there, but you've been holding on to it, but you recognize today, today's the day I need to let that go. Or maybe, maybe there's some things that God's called you to do and you've allowed these things to hold you back and you've, you've not been doing them because you've been holding back on that. Um, we can reset that today. You know, 1 John 1, 9 tells us that when we confess our sin to God, that he's faithful to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What does that mean? It means when we come to God and say, God, I haven't been doing like I've been supposed to be doing. I know that, I recognize that, I'm coming back to you. And he does this amazing cleaning from the inside out, wipes us clean and says, okay, you're back on track where you should have been. So if you recognize that's, that's where I'm at. I am a believer, but I've not been living my life like I should, but I'm ready to get that right today. I'm ready to start off January 1st, 2023, pursuing God in the way that I know he's called me to do. If you wanna make that commitment today, go and raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you too. I see a lot more hands popping up for that. That's awesome. They get just as excited in heaven about that too. Anytime anybody comes to him, they throw a party. God, the angels, all your loved ones up there, man, they get so excited. I see lots of hands up. I wanna lead you guys in a prayer right now and uh, out of respect to those who are praying, um, let's all pray this together. So Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. Today, I make a commitment that I'm gonna live for you. I'm gonna pursue you. I'm gonna follow your heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all there is to it. That's all, there, that's all there is to it. So, um, so I just encourage you guys this year. I know, I know every year we set up goals, and then, like I said, we, we don't meet them by, by the time January is over with. This year, let's be different. Let's see, this year, let's leave that baggage in the past and don't ever pick it up again. Leave it back there where it belongs. There's nothing the enemy would love more than have you keep on going through life dragging that stuff. And then a year or two years or five years or 10 years down the road, you're still dealing with the same mess. Don't ever pick it up again. Leave it back there where it belongs. And every time you have that urge to pick it up, say, no, wait a second. That's not who God says I am. I'm not going back to that again. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at legacyfamily.info.